Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. This is Paul. Welcome back to a very exciting episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. And, uh, you know, Paul, Paul, we live in the future. I don't know if you knew this or not. I, I did not know this. Um, I think you and I may have talked about this previously. I don't currently own one of those smart speakers. Um, do you do you own one of those, like a Google, whatever the Google thing's called, or a, I, an Amazon Alexa or the no, iPhone? You I don't own any of that? Do you do you do you really want one? I do kind of want. I don't know. I don't even know why because I have an Xbox and I don't even talk to it. Because you know you can say <laughs> Xbox on Xbox yeah. Watch ESPN, um, and I don't use yeah, my, that. I just press my the TiVo. My TiVo wants me to talk to it, and I had to go in. I had to figure out in the new OS on TiVo how to turn that shit off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't like talking to my technology. I I would absolutely be all over. You know, Alexa, for instance, if number one, I could name it whatever I wanted to. And if it developed some kind of personality, I think, right. I think the former you can, the latter, <laughs> I, 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 I'm concerned about, uh, <laughs> about your desire to have a sentient, uh, I, maybe, thing. maybe not, not necessarily sentient. I just want it to be more than just, you know, wrote answers. And so I read an article, uh, and it's called, Ambient computing, right, where the the computer becomes more interactive and begins discerning more more of your likes. Not just hey, you bought this sweater, maybe you would like this other sweater, but you know, maybe being able to make some suggestions, you know, that kind of thing. And that's what I really want. I want to be able to to name it myself, right? I don't want to call it Alexa or Siri or whatever the fuck Google calls itself. I think they call it Google. Um, I, I want to be able to name it myself and I need to be able to lock out other people, right? I don't want yeah. it to when, – when I've got a visitor that comes over, I don't want them to be able to turn around and go, hey, Alexa, tell me the time. I don't want them to – I don't want my you know, smart speaker you're, you're, talking to other people. You're sweet baby. Yeah, I don't want her sp- talking to anybody else. She talks to me. So what are you going to name her? Like bitch? Or are you going to say like, hey, bitch, <laughs> what's the time? Well, no, because it's I, I'm a Star Trek fan. I'd name it Computer. Uh, I, uh, I have a buddy, um, Brett, he, he actually has commented on a number of our Facebook posts on, uh, IOM geek Facebook, uh, and it is a listener. He has, I think one of those, uh, Amazon Alexa, I guess it's echo Amazon. dot a dot. He has an Amazon dot and he uses it and he, and he, he is a Star Trek fan. And so he, he says computer. So he says like computer, turn on the lights, computer. He, he bought it around Christmas time. So it was like computer, turn on the Christmas tree, computer, make the light red, you know, things like that. Like you can get smart bulbs as well that, that interact with your technology and change colors. I have seen that. That's kind of cool. It is cool. I mean, yeah. to, to, you know, is it functional? 
I guess if I really didn't want to get up, but right. you know, I mean, it, it is cool, and I, 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 it is certainly the wave of the future. I certainly see that um, in the future there could be like Alexa call or computer call Pizza Hut, order me two large pepperoni pizzas, and it get would me do my that usual. For you. Yeah, my Get usual. My usual. Yeah. 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 That's, that's kind of cool. I just I need it to be a little bit more interactive. Again, I'm looking forward to this ambient computing, and I'm looking forward to serving our computer overlords. Mm-hmm. So, I have yeah. you ever seen that Joaquin Phoenix movie, Her? I have not. I I I have. It is on my on one of my streaming services, and I keep going. Ah, I'm going to watch that sometime, but I just haven't gotten around to it. I feel like you're setting yourself up to be in Her too. <laughs> and i feel like given all the stories this week about sex uh, sex robots in the news i feel like this is awfully uncomfortable aaron i feel like you're looking about, for a sex robot there are stories about sex well first of all i have been since i was 12 paul <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but there there are stories about sex robots in the news there are i mean i didn't research them but there are multiple stories it, i mean the, all all the rage nowadays is eating tide pods and banging sex bots that's like all the all the rage <laughs> well that and sexual harassment don't forget that well there's yeah, that you have you have to have that. I mean, <laughs> well, I think that's what begets sex bots is that, you know, they're not going to file a suit against you. I mean, it's all about the bad sex that everyone's having with Aziz Ansari. Isn't that the, the story? <laughs> God, I mean, dude, <laughs> I haven't even heard that. We won't go into it on this podcast. That's in our fee paying members site. That's, right. <laughs> that's in our Patreon page. It, apparently, I mean, wow, the news is all about how bad sex is. With Aziz Ansari. And what, 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 what I'm amused by is that you have actual reporters going, well, I don't think that he is guilty of sexual harassment or sexual assault. I think what he is what, what he is guilty of is being a really bad date. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I mean, we're going to get into this because now, you know, does anyone in 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 I guess does would anyone even think that it would be good? I mean, have you seen Aziz Ansari? Have you listened to his voice? Like nothing about that guy says, wow, that guy's good in bed. He's not like The Rock or Chris Hemsworth. He's a Z's and sorry. Like, you know, only, like go have sex only... with Gilbert Gottfried. You know, See, it's like you you get what you're asking for. I just always am of the of the mind that uh, you know, maybe those guys are gonna try harder, right? You know, they, yeah, they've, but they've got like a, a little rabbit so or to something. work harder to, to move the ball. Right? It's like a chihuahua. <laughs> Well, this is not uh, Aziz Ansari and bad sex with Aaron and Polly. Uh, oh, is it not? Shit. Th- those were our first marriages was bad sex with Aaron and Polly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... <laughs> Hit our Patreon page for more about that. <laughs> this is Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. And so a big story in the news this week is the potential merger between CBS and and, you know, their, their first time love, Viacom. You know, if you may recall that they all used to be one big happy family and then they split. And now they're thinking about putting it all back together. Yes. And so they have been um, 
separated since 2005. Viacom and CBS parted ways in 2005. After Enterprise ended that year, um, there weren't any new Star Trek stories produced outside of comics and novels. Um, but then the film rights stayed with Paramount while CBS kept distribution rights for all the TV series. And then in 2009 is when the... And uh, the licensing. Kelvin they first. kept all the licensing. They kept the too. licensing as well, yeah. yeah. So the Kelvin yeah. universe began in 2009. And uh, one of the issues there, obviously, which we've spoken about on previous episodes, was the licensing. That people weren't buying Chris Pine Kirk. They still wanted their Shatner Kirk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, in this day and age of the the gigantic media houses, and by the way, Wall Street loves those. Wall Street loves the idea of, of, of Disney picking up those uh, Fox properties. They loved when uh, Disney picked up Marvel. They, they love the really huge media properties. Um, and, you know, CBS and Paramount, Viacom, are, are sitting there going, well, we think we're kind of too small to, to live in this world. And so they're, they're, they're talking about getting back together. And apparently there's been a lot of conversation about this uh, on the backside. But, you know, the, the, the question is, is the it, does that <laughs> – the backside. Uh, the question is, does that really make a good match? Certainly for Star Trek it does. You have it all in one house. But uh, – you know, when I look at what CBS picks up in terms of additional like networks, MTV, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central, uh, CMT, what we used to call country music television, Logo TV, TV Land, BH1, and BET. Paul, there's not a there, there's not a network on there I watch. You know, I mean, I when I'm doing my cardio in the morning, I do pop on the Goldsberg the Goldberg uh, reruns on Nickelodeon. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not saying that that is the reason that Viacom yeah. and CBS should merge. Um, yeah, I, I think those are stations. MTV to a lesser extent. I think kids still watch Nickelodeon. Um, TV Land, I think, is probably still popular. So I, I think some people watch those stations. I I don't necessarily. And you know, the I, I jest about Goldberg's. I, I watch it in the background and it's fun. <laughs> and, you know, I enjoy it. But um, you know, I, I do think it's interesting that yeah. I mean, but I think in general we are not. I don't really watch anything on CBS either, other than uh, Star Trek Discovery. You know. Yeah, I you know I, I think what CBS has got going for it is uh, uh, clearly Star Trek Discovery, you know, because we're talking about it. But you know they've got Big Bang Theory and they've got the Colbert Show. Both of them are our number one shows. I kind of think that this isn't a good match for either of them. Despite my desire to have all Star Trek in, under one house, I mean maybe it would make more sense for Paramount to peel off and for uh, you know CBS to buy that. You know where where the Star Trek rights live, but I don't, I'm not sure that the rest of Viacom is a is a good is a good match for them. Yeah, I mean, just saying it it, it benefits us as fans to have all the Star Trek in one place, um, right? You know, I think had this happened two years ago, Discovery would certainly be a different animal. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, I. I, I I, am I interested in seeing what this does for the Star Trek franchise? If it happens, it would be very interesting to see what happens to the Star Trek franchise. Um, I don't think it'll change much, right? They've already established a Kelvinverse. I think they're already committed to that Quentin Tarantino movie. Or are they? Would that derail it? You think? I think that I think that that would be just enough to derail the the Tarantino JJ train, right? Um, I, I 
think that if CBS owned it all, why wouldn't they do something with their discovery property on screen? Why would they continue to bankroll the Kelvin universe, which while it was successful in 2009 and somewhat uh, and somewhat successful with uh, Into Darkness did not perform well with Beyond, even though it made money, it didn't make the amount of money that they thought it would. Yeah, I mean, um, that, 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 that series I, saw the law of diminishing returns immediately. Exactly. So I don't think that CBS, if CBS owned it, if CBS was driving that ship, um, I don't see them putting another uh, uh, Kelvin cast uh, on the ship. I don't see that happening. I think they'd wave goodbye to those guys and do something with Discovery or something else entirely. I, I, I'm surprised that we're getting another Kelvin verse movie. Uh, as much as I enjoyed the movies and I liked Beyond, I know you didn't necessarily care for it. Uh, I, I thought Beyond was fine. I just didn't think it was a great movie. I liked it better than Into Darkness. Yeah, and I liked Into Darkness. I, and I enjoy that crew. I just think that it's becoming t- too unruly to manage that that universe after only three movies. Mm-hmm. You know, after th- oh, th- there are only three movies in, and they are having nothing but difficulties getting that franchise off the ground. Right. Um, you know, and I don't know if that's the quality of the movies or trying to get the cast or whatever it is, I- but there is just nothing but issues with that series. You had, you know, you, you can make, you can have 20 Marvel movies. You know, with overlapping yeah. casts, but you, you can't get three Star Trek movies out before you have to keep reinventing the franchise. Well, and I think part of the problem is the style of stories they're telling. I, th- I think 2009 did exactly what it needed to do, right? I think I think I, th- I really have very few complaints about the Star Trek 2009 film, um, but they they followed it up with you know, a Wrath of Khan remake without earning any of any of that, you know, emotional baggage. You know, Wrath of Khan could do what it did because you loved those characters. We didn't love these guys. We loved the nostalgia of them, but we didn't have that deep connection with Chris Pond that we had with William Shatner, that deep connection with Leonard with uh um shoot the guy who plays Spock. Uh, Leonard Nimoy, you were you were you got no, no, it right. No, 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 the 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 new guy. I knew, oh, I knew um Zachary Kinto. Thank you. I knew there was a cue in there. Um, <laughs> like, but, Aaron, but yeah, you're on a Star Trek podcast. Yeah. We didn't have that connection with Zachary Quinto that yes. we did with Leonard Nimoy. Those guys hadn't earned the emotional weight that they tried to apply to that movie. Uh, what they needed to do is have a movie more like Beyond that was, you know, a little bit happier, a little bit more exploration without blowing up the ship because they didn't earn that either, right? Um, you know, you need to have that, those deep connections. The reason why when they blew up the Enterprise in, in uh, Star Trek three, you were going, oh my God, that's that thing I've loved for 20 years. <laughs> you know, there was an emotional connection. You didn't have that. All it just, just all it felt like in, in beyond was that you were just playing the hits. Yeah, I'd agree. You didn't, you didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. And th- that's what they needed to do. And I, and I think that's what the people who made the movie didn't understand is that, you know, you've got to earn it. Yeah. And I think I think if CBS were to go back and do it, I think they would probably start fresh because I think that you're just you're just continuing to build on a weak foundation. I would agree. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's a shame that CBS couldn't uh, couldn't stick couldn't get Brian Fuller, um, you know, to stick around. Well, I shouldn't say couldn't. I mean, they let him go. Um, you know, I, I I have often felt the same. But now we're two episodes into the back half of this season. Yeah. And these episodes are episodes that Brian Filler, uh, my understanding is, did not touch at all other than perhaps story, other than, you know, perhaps yeah. the, the global pitch. 
whereas his hand was all over the first couple of episodes of uh, the first of the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, I got to say these and I know we're just talking about two episodes versus a whole list of what nine that we had previously. But these two episodes are fantastic. Yeah, they have been strong episodes. And I think part of that. Part of our concerns at the beginning was part of the transitional period of dealing with the fuller, you know, all that drama that happened at the beginning of production. Um, Whereas now we're seeing comfort in in their storytelling and their cast and and that kind of thing. And so um, this week's episode, which is named. I'm sorry, say that one more time. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the the last week was despite yourself. This is the wolf inside. The wolf inside. Um, I thought it was a stronger is, episode than even last week's. I would agree. I would agree. I I thought uh, I thought that this was a fantastic episode. In fact, you know the title, the the wolf inside, had put me in mind of that song, the devil inside. You know, the devil inside, the devil inside. Every single one of us has Vok inside. <laughs> well, and so we, we already basically had it confirmed last week, but ultra, ultra, ultra confirmed this week is that Vok and uh, Tyler are the uh, same person. Yeah. So I, I, fi- I think I think what must have happened is that they somehow were able to transfer the memories and personality the real life Ash Tyler and apply them to the physically manipulated Vok, right? Because otherwise, how in the world could he pretend? I mean, I know that they, they had his his original personality, you know, uh, sublimated. Yeah. But how in the world could he have interacted with humans as effortless, effortlessly and as believably as he did if the original Ash Tyler's personality wasn't somehow imprinted over him? Yeah, I, I think um, I think we're going to find that there was a Tyler at some point. I think there'd have to be because otherwise, I mean, the, otherwise the Klingons had the ability to create a a personality, a persona in Starfleet records, right? I mean, not just that, but also, don't get me wrong, we see the shit all the time in crime movies, mm-hmm. but created a history, right, of this character and all the Starfleet and security and clearances systems. and yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I I think that there was an Ash Tyler, and I think that that that's going to be the next question is what happened to that guy. Well, and I think we're setting up for this actor perhaps coming back, coming onto the series as the real Ash Tyler and the development and the understanding of what relationship could be, happen between him and Burnham. And, you know, now that she has fallen in love with a different Ash Tyler, I'm just, I mean, we're just fan, fan scripting yeah, yeah. here. Um, yeah. You know, that none of this is confirmed um, and maybe none of that shit will happen. But, um, you know, I, I think the, the reveal which, I, you know, I remember when we talked about this a couple months back, we, we've thought that it was a bit of a cheat. Um, you know, if that was if what basically has come to fruition has come to fruition. Um, and but I, I feel that at least this week and last week we have gotten uh, I, I think the reveal was well handled. I think the moment that Ash turned um, and the fact that I mean, he has turned like he there's no remorse. There's no doubt. I mean, he is. Vok in that moment and he never pulls back from that at the end of the episode i i appreciated that that he's not like questioning it once that f- switch flipped he is back to Vok. you know what's funny is as the in the scene where we fully see Vok lose it 
right? Where he attacks the mirror universe Vok. You know, he's con- he's confronted with himself essentially. And he sees not only is, is there's this guy that looks exactly like him, this guy is doing something that he despises, right? You know, he he has allied himself himself with non-Klingons and he's leading a coalition of races to fight against the Terran Empire. And, and you know, the, the Vok from our universe, Ash Tyler, is disgusted by this and it sends him over, over the edge into a fit of rage and he attacks the mirror universe Vok. And so I'm watching this happen and, and something dawns on me as I'm watching it. And it's that I, because it's Star Trek, I'm watching it through Star Trek goggles, right? I'm I'm expecting Star Trek things to happen in this con- in this confrontation. I'm expecting that at the outcome of it because I'm watching Star Trek that Vok is going to learn an important lesson. That Vok is going to realize that he doesn't have to, you know, continue to uh, focus on this remain Klingon agenda that he doesn't have to make Kronos great again. Right. That he can, uh, you know, make Kronos great, that he can remain Klingon and still partner with other peoples. I'm expecting that this is going to happen. And as I'm watching, I'm like, this is not my daddy's Star Trek. (laughs) You know, this is this is a different Star Trek that I don't think that Vok is going to learn an important lesson here. I think that Vok is is a hardcore villain. I think that that. Because I kept thinking maybe Vok – because Vok is painted in the in the first couple of episodes when we meet him as son of none, right? Uh, he seems a very sympathetic character amongst all of these other horrible characters, right? And so I'm like, well, maybe – you know, and he seemed fragile in his, uh, in his interactions with Laurel. And I kept, I kept thinking, well, yeah, he's going to come around. You know, he's going to he's he's going to this is going to fade and he's going to have this moment with Michael Burnham and say, I, I understand the value of humanity. I understand the value of our people working together. We don't have to be this. And wow, that sure didn't happen. It didn't. But, you know, do you do you feel like they're setting up a redemption arc for Vok? I well, I think that if there is a redemption arc for Vok, my suspicion is that it won't be that. Um, I, I mean, I feel that discovery is going to tell the story of, you know, Vok uh, wanting to shake hands and be friends. I don't think that's true. Laurel, either. I think that, you know, their goal is to return as leaders of the Klingon empire. And that for them, that means that they are, you know, hardcore against the Federation. Um, and that's what I, that's what I was, I was like, I'm expecting star Wars. I'm sorry, star Trek, uh, you know, responses and outputs in this, uh, in this TV show. And this ain't that, this is a whole different thing. Um, I really have to let go of my preconceptions because I think I'm just going to be more and more frustrated. Uh, if I, if I don't, no, don't get me wrong. Thoroughly enjoyed this episode, but I did notice that I was expecting that it was almost like a call and response. You know, here's the problem. The answer is first and cooperating. That's not who Vok is. I don't think that's going to be who Vok is. No, I agree. I um, I will say one qualm that I had with this episode. You, uh, Paul had a qualm. I had a qualm. It's our, it's our, it's our new segment, Paul's Qualms. Paul's Qualm. <laughs> um, so I, I am disappointed in the, in the storytelling technique uh, that they're employing, at least in this mirror universe, which is that all the characters that they interact with are mirror universe images of themselves. 
Right. Um, you know, it, it, the it, I felt like it was a cheat that the emperor, not the emperor, um, yeah, emperor, yeah, the em- yeah, the emperor was Giorgio. I it feel, had to be Giorgio. I, but I feel like that's a cheat. I mean, th- this mirror universe was established long before this show. So does that mean the emperor has always been Giorgio as as far back as the original series interaction with the mirror universe? Like it feels like it's a cheat that their interaction with the mirror universe. And I get it. You can't pull in some of the original series or the next generation or next generation would be the wrong timeline, but original series characters and things like that. Or maybe you could. I don't know. But it feels to me a bit of a cheat that all the major characters that they're interacting with are mirror universe images of just themselves. So let me just say a couple of things. Yes. Um, first off, we've never met the Emperor. Not in original series, Enterprise. Yeah, but there, there has been established that there is an Emperor. Right. You're and correct. So this but, is literally but, the but, first time that we've seen the Emperor. But they emphasize an episode ago that a faceless Emperor, right? And I was like, oh, well, that means we're going to meet the Emperor. <laughs> That's exactly mm-hmm. what that meant to me. And so you're looking around and you're like, okay, well, who's it going to be? It's not going to be Michael Burnham unless – because of what I was thinking is, oh, my God, because Michael Burnham was missing, right? And what if Michael Burnham had in her efforts to locate that universe's Lorca had you know, uh, somehow overthrown the emperor and become the emperor herself? And the confrontation then w- would be, you know, hey, Michael Burnham's found Lorca and, you know – Empress Michael Burnham would be going, what? <laughs> we need to get that person. But no, it's Georgiou because she's the one who's that we haven't seen other than Lorca himself. Because we still haven't seen a mirror image Lorca. No, we have not. Nor have we seen the mirror image. Uh, well, Michael Burnham ha- is presumed dead. I am sure that we will actually see those characters before season end. Right. Um, the mirror universe images. But I just feel, I don't know, like I felt it was a cheat that Georgiou. Because Georgiou was not... In the the actual universe, Georgia was a was a captain, but she wasn't that high ranking, right? For her to be in the mirror universe, the emperor of everything, right? Um, you know, just feels again for me. I one, I knew it was coming, um, but two, I just I didn't. When it actually was revealed that she was the emperor, I was like, come on, like, give me something historical, give me something that has been set up in previous series, and I know they've never introduced the emperor. Um, And I understand that every time that we introduce the mirror universe, they're only interacting with mirror universe images of themselves. But the only the only thing that I would have taken historically as the emperor, because, you know, it wouldn't have been appropriate to have Kirk be the emperor because he hadn't yet risen to uh, uh, starship commander at this time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have accepted Captain Pike. You know the original, the uh, pr- the commander of the Enterprise prior to uh, yeah. to Kirk, or I would have ex- accepted Robert April, who was the you know in, in canon in, in stories, uh, he was the uh, uh, Commodore when Enterprise was commissioned. Um, I would I have accepted I- that they went for the emotional beat. Yeah, but for me, I- it felt it, it it didn't work for me. I I got to tell you, I liked seeing her. It was nice to see her again. And, you know, I'm hoping at some point that Michael Burnham, you know, gets to tell her that the Klingons ate her. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, is my, that is my fundamental hope. So how many episodes do we have left? Three or four? We, we have four. Four. So we had six episodes coming back from the break. Yep. All right. So I think we are going to see. I do think we're going to see them back in the real universe by the end of the season, mm-hmm. um, especially since Stamets. um has actually interacted with 
the uh, Mirror Universe Stamets. I don't think that we're necessarily going to see them back in the Prime Universe. I think we're going to see them in a different universe. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that because, would be an interesting uh, setup at the end of the season. It would be. You know, and maybe, maybe I mean, you know, truly go where nobody's gone before. Um, because I... I you're still we're still dancing around this problem like if if the sport drive works to some degree why aren't we using it in the 24th century yeah well except that stamets you know clearly i think um i think they're establishing that it's just not a viable technology based on what it's what's happening to stamets now i do want to reference something that we talked about um you know, we talked about that the doctor, and I don't remember his his name off the top of my head. Col- Hugh Culber. Culber. Dr. Culber was killed last week by Vok. Yes. Yeah. And so that was a big shock, surprising, um, you know, and I, I you know, and, I, I and, appreciated his character. And didn't you feel like there was a moment where Tyler was about to do the same thing or attempt the same thing with Michael Burnham? Yes, I did. I mean, there, there were several moments where, like, gonna off. Go ahead, Paul. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Um, so, you know, I, but, and Stamets is, you know, in a coma or, you know, in this episode, he, he, he died essentially. Um, now, you know, they have established that this, this couple, you know, this, uh, this gay couple in Star Trek Discovery, you know, is very forward thinking. They're doing a, they, they're actually doing an, a comic book tie in about how they met. Um, and I, I have appreciated the forward, the modern representation of a gay couple in the Star Trek universe. Um, you know, even in the Star Trek movies, the Kelvin verse, you know, they, they show who um, Sulu holding hands with another uh, guy, but they don't actually portray their relationship as much as they do uh, the, the relationship between Stamets and Culver in this series. Right. And so, you know, they, this is basically the only couple in the series. Um, and it, for me, like I hey. find, Ash and Michael, they can they can weather through this. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> this is the only actual couple in the series. Um, it's based on truth and honesty. And uh, <laughs> but for me, I I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the treatment of them over these last two episodes because it's like, okay, you have this gay couple. Everyone's talking about them, you know, in the news and 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 the forward thinking of Star Trek, you know, and the portrayal. And, uh, you know, one of them dies and the other one is both of them die, basically. But one of them is like pretty jacked up and one of them like gets his neck snapped. And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of harsh. Like for me, I was like, I don't know that it needed to happen to those individual characters. And maybe it does. Maybe we'll see some resolution, Um, you know, long term. Maybe Stamets will have opportunities for time travel. Maybe we'll see something. But I I, I do find it a little harsh that the one couple in the series, the one normal couple in the series is also a gay couple and is also the one that out of all of them, it gets the, gets it the worst. Like, I mean, I guess Lorca has been tortured, but he's not dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So along those lines, Paul, yes. Along the lines of, uh, you know, clearly murdered Dr. Culber. Yes. Can I point out again the ineptitude of Saru? Sure. You can always point that out. Because, you know, he is willing to accept that uh, that Stamets murdered Culber, as opposed to doing something like, I don't know, have an investigation. Oh, you know, that, those I mean, things take time. 
I mean, and I, I'm guessing maybe Ash Tyler is the only security guy on the ship. Maybe there aren't <laughs> any other security guys. And because Ash Tyler was off ship with uh, with Michael Burnham and Lorca on the Shinzu, uh, maybe, maybe that's why. But I mean, I'm just like, come on, come on. He's Have an investigation. Busy. He's got yeah. other things to do. His his threat ganglia aren't working right now. I heard a reference to his threat ganglia on another podcast, and they called it his fear boner. <laughs> and, and I'm like, that's kind of perfect. That is the <laughs> fear boner. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just like, come on, you know, Saru. I, I I really I would like to like Saru, and I just I can't because he is he is woefully incompetent. And let me point out this: that slave Saru is more useful than Commander Saru. He is. He saved Michael Burnham's life. He knew something bad was going down. He knew not to trust Tyler. Like, that guy knows where it's at. Yeah, Slave Saru, I am totally on Team Slave Saru. I really am. I mean, he cleaned out under her fingernails and everything. Yeah, he gave her a bath. I mean, he he is doing stuff. He's taking care of her. Whereas uh, Commander Saru, I'm just not sure what he's worth. I'm really not. I mean, I'm just... he really is. I hate to say that because I really want to like that guy, but maybe Slave Saru can work out for us. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Maybe I mean, we I, just I certainly it... like Commander Killy more than I like regular Tilly. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah. I, I, at some point that's got to come to a head too, right? Because I, I get that Burnham and um, and Lorca were missing, but Tilly's right. not. And the no. actual ISS the... Discovery's not. But they believe that the ISS Discovery is actually in the Prime Universe. That's right. They swapped places. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So they're not going to run into those people. Those people. Yeah. Yeah. Commander Killy. Commander Killy. And I got to say, you know, Tilly in her Mirror Universe outfit. Kind of hot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They need to keep that one. That outfit. Yeah. Yeah. She just needs to hold on to that. Yeah. You know, for Saturday night. (laughs) So, you know, uh, next week, another all-new episode of uh, Star Trek with Aaron and Polly and an all-new episode of uh, Star Trek Discovery. Pretty exciting. And we're going to throw some beer into the mix next week. Yes. Yeah, so we will be, uh, we will be talking, about, uh, talking about and drinking uh, live on the mics uh, a special Star Trek beer. It'll be a treat. It's going to get so, lit up in here. It, mm, yeah, we're, we're going to get our drink on. So uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. We're going to drink. What is it again? It is the Captain's Holiday. Um, I don't recall what kind of beer it is other than it is from Schmaltz Brewing's uh, uh, Federal Beer Off Captain's Holiday. Um, but we'll tell you all about it next week. Can't wait. All right, so folks. Pretty exciting. So before we leave, we want we would be remiss. Remiss. We'd be horribly remiss. Horribly We'd be remiss. like Saru, right? Yeah. We'd be I mean, as we, useless as yeah. science officer we, Saru. We would be the Sarus of podcasting is what we would be. If we didn't tell yeah. you that you should be leaving us feedback on Twitter at IOM Geek or at Ideology Madness, on Instagram at IOM Geek, at Facebook IOM Geek, on email ideologyofmadness at gmail.com, or on the IOM Geek Hotline. 
972-763-5903. That number, once again, is 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the air, you'll win a coveted, valuable, ideology and madness surprise. Hey, Paul, that 30-day Star Trek challenge is still going on over at, at IOMGeek on Instagram. Yeah, check that out now. It's, uh, you know, we, we have had uh, a lot of fun with it. Uh, a lot of folks interacting, enjoying the posts. Again, that's at IOMGeek on Instagram. Check us out. A um, lot of fun. And thank you guys for listening in. Please share the podcast with your Star Trek-loving friends. Uh, you know, I know I know this is our special time. And I know that when you <laughs> listen to the smooth voices of Aaron and Polly, you think that they made this podcast just for me. And that's and we did. true. We did. That's right. It is just, it is all about you. Also... I feel I, I, this is a little awkward, but I, I feel like we need to introduce other people to our relationship. <laughs> exactly. And Just I, like Laurel and Bach did. Right. Let's yeah. do it. Let's yeah. let, uh. let's let the more the merrier. Right. Let's. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Get out. <laughs> Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by... Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers. Conveniently located on the promenade. 